Good morning. Well, this, <laughs> this morning, the uh, title of the uh, sermon is, I know. Say that. What do you know? <laughs> I know. So I'm going to lead us. There you go. I want to lead a song real quick. First verse, I know that my Redeemer lives. But we know this song, right? But while we sing it, when we get to the part like it says, I know, I, I know, I know that my Redeemer. Anytime in the song we sing, I know, I don't want you to just say, I know. I want you to bring it. I know. Listen, God lives. I'm so sorry if people struggle with that. Even if God stuck his head out of the clouds and said, hello, it still would be people who don't believe. I know that my Redeemer lives. Jesus said a prayer for me. Long time ago, he said, blessed are they who believe. But blessed are they who do not see me, yet they still believe. That's me. I haven't seen Jesus. I haven't seen God. I haven't seen heaven. But I believe in all of them, and I'm going to see them in heaven. I know. Dear God in heaven, thank you so much for giving us the power to know. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I have a... New reader for today, just for today. His name is Keith also. You know I'm going to interrupt you a lot. And I hold you there on the spot, so holding this stuff, you the man. All right, we're going to read 1 John 5, but listen to the first of each verse, 18, 19, and 20. Listen to the words that it said. We know. <laughs> we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. We know that we are children of God, and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come, and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. Mm. He is a true God and eternal life. Dear, dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Keith. We know there are so many Christians who are living lives of unassuredness. They don't know how much God loved them. They don't know the provision that God has for them. They don't know the protection that God has given them. They don't know. The world 
doesn't know. That's why they stay in abyss. They don't know. They don't know the power of God's word in their lives. They don't know the comfort in Jesus Christ. They don't know the peace of God. They don't know. And today we want to give just a little bit of knowledge. The Bible said in 2 Peter 1, 3, he says, we have all we need pertaining to life and godliness according to the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Even John says, I write these things that you may know you have eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, in 1 Peter 1, when he says, we have everything we need pertaining to life and godliness, guess what that is? That's that thing you're living today. It's that thing that you're going to go have to deal with when you walk right out of this building. It's that thing that's keeping you from worshiping in spirit and in truth today. It's life. And man, in our life, don't we have some struggles? Don't we have some ups and downs? Well, God tells us that he has come for that very purpose. In John 10, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I came, and even the writer says, I look to the hill from whence come my help. I need help in a time of need. And man, when you have life, you are always in need because when one thing is up, there's something else that's down. Uh, 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 we need life. We need help. And one thing that a Christian needs to know, the assurance that they have in Christ Jesus. We don't maybe go to heaven. We go. And I like that. I, I'm not trying. I said this many times before, and I'll say it many times on. I love my wife not because I'm trying to get love from her. I love her because I got it. It's a done deal. That's why I love. I come to church not because I'm trying to get God good to give me good marks. I come to church because I've already got them. Because in Christ Jesus, I am now a friend of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a partner of God. I know. My walk with God is not guesswork. I don't try to do stuff to get him to like me. He already does. Not only does he like me, he loves me. God has a crush on me. He loved me so much that he sent his own son to die on the cross way before I was hatched in my mother's womb. He loved me. So we got to know the power of God and know the power of knowing, not guessing, not hoping, but knowing that God is. And the church said, that's one of the problems with the church. We are walking around guessing like the world. We walking around here and talking in iffy like the world. We are afraid to stand on God's word. We are afraid to stand against false doctrine. We are afraid. And so people look at us to see, well, where are you guys going? How can we follow you if you don't even believe it yourself? When our homes stand proud and tall based on God's word, that's the distinction we have. Not coming to a church building. The church is in your home. If you're a child of God, you don't come to church. You are the church. And wherever you go, you are preaching a sermon about God's love in your life. That's why we say we know. So we live that way. And if you're struggling with that, know and understand 
that God forgives all unrighteousness. That's why we repent. I don't repent to get forgiveness. I repent because I have it. When you start living that way and thinking about God's love has already been given to me. He already said in Psalm 139, I know the number of days you would live before you had one. I know your whole story. And because he know mine, I know that he's going to give me life. Because he came for that very purpose. So Christians don't walk around trying to live lives to get stuff. We live life because we got it. I know. I know. I know that my Redeemer lives. If you truly live that way, when you sing that song, you sing it with power and assurance. I know that my Redeemer lives. So, Keith, we're going to hear the first I know. There were three we knows uh, at the starting of each verse, 18, 19, and 20. The first I know we're going to deal with is I know that I'm born of God. The second I know is I know the world is under sin. And the third is, I know that God has come. See, when John wrote this, there were a lot of people not even believing that Jesus had come back. There are a lot of people that believe that Jesus didn't come to this earth in the human flesh, that he was only a spirit. And John is fighting against that. It's called Gnosticism. So John is writing to a particular group of people at a particular group of, uh, particular time for a particular purpose that was going on for them. But for us, the principles, we could pull principles out of here and apply them to us in the sense of what God has promised for our life. The first thing we know is what? First John uh, 5, I mean, first uh, John 5, verse 18. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Anyone who was born of God. Now, what does that mean? Born in the, in the idea is the word of God, God's word, God's power is born in our hearts. How is it? It is planted as a seed. Now, there's one thing I know. I don't do much farming, but I do know if you plant an apple seed, apples come up. I do know that. So whatever you plant in the heart, that's what's going to sprout in the actions. So when the God is planted in the heart, then only God's actions can come out. That's what they call in Galatians the fruit of the Spirit. When you allow the fruit of the Spirit, it's going to tame your mouth. It's going to tame your attitude. It's going to tame your heart. It's going to tame your actions. Why? Because of the seed. I'm born of God. Well, what does that mean? I have the Holy Spirit in me. And the Holy Spirit will dictate my actions when I allow it to. You got to understand that. Christians are baptized into Christ and they're given the Holy Spirit immediately. But then you have to allow it to work in you. Uh, it's people, the Bible says, don't frustrate the Holy Spirit. It's people who frustrate the Holy Spirit with the lack of faith, with the lack of obedience, with the lack of caring. A lack of sharing. You could frustrate God. But God is saying that this spirit is put in you and it identifies you and it is a promise in Ephesians, the first chapter. It is a promise of eternal salvation. It's God's down payment in your life. You belong to me. I call it a, a, a tattoo. 
You remember cattle in the days before, they used to let cattle roam. And before they go out, uh, the owner would brand them. So when he's walking out with his horses, he could see the ale on his cattle and say, that's mine. Well, the Holy Spirit, it's the brand on you. And when God sees you, he says, that's mine. That's why we know. We know we are born of God because the Spirit of God that we have in Christ Jesus. Keep reading, preacher. The one who was born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. The one who was born of God, first of all, we don't continue to sin. And we are safe, and the evil one cannot harm us. Now, that needs the amen right there by itself. You know, because uh, if I'm born of God, then I don't continue to sin. Why? Not because I'm just a great, perfect person, but whatever you put in the ground that's what comes up. Whatever you plant in the heart, that's what comes out. That's why it says in Colossians 3, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You see, Christianity is an intentional walk. It is purposeful. If we're trying to just live lives and just put God in, fill him in when we can, then that's not intentional. And that when you can part, it's going to become less and less, and it's going to be dominated by whatever shows up. You see, you see what I'm saying? So God is saying, when we are born of him, whatever he plants in us, that's what's going to come out, and that's going to block a lot of sin. It's going to block a lot of failed marriages. It's going to block a lot of, uh, block a lot of broken relationships. It's going to block a lot of down-home, de depressed lives. If you have to go to therapy, if you have to take medicine, do what you got to do, but include God in it. You know, doctors, when you go to doctors, if a doctor doesn't realize or recognize God or Satan, and he doesn't recognize spiritual defilement, he can't prescribe you a pill for that. You see what I'm saying? When we stay in God, then God can lead us, and then when struggles hit, then we can first go to God. And whatever else you have to do for your physical body, do that. But don't vacate God thinking that a pill is going to pop and help your problem. Matter of fact, most of these pills, what do they do? They bring more problems. When we are in Christ, we are born of God. The seed that is planted in us, that seed is what sprouts out. And so he's saying that uh, 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 we are born of God and, 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 and uh, uh Satan cannot harm us. In other words, he can't have a hold on you that you won't allow. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, I, read, I believe it's about 4. It says, our weapons of warfare, talking about Christians, the way we battle life are not like the world's. Our weapons are the bringing down of strongholds. I told y'all many times about a stronghold. When I, you know when you was a kid and your mama grabbed you? Come on, y'all. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Your mama grabbed you or your daddy grabbed you, and he pulled that bat out and you tried to get away. Your feet just running, but you're not going anywhere. That's called a stronghold. Well, sin is that way on people's lives. It grabs people. Addiction, a uh, 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 fear. Anger, it grabs people, and they try. They are trying. That addict doesn't always want to go back to the, to the pill. 
or snorting or drinking. They don't always want to go back to bitterness and anger. They don't always want to do that, but it's a stronghold. They have a grip on them. That's why God said his way is the power that let loose of the grip. We have a power that Satan can't hold us and keep us. Oh, I might be knocked down, but not knocked out. Why he said in Psalm 37, he said, the footsteps of the righteous are ordered by God. Though he may stumble, he will not utterly fall. Oh, I trip sometimes, but God lifts me up every day. That's why we lean on him. That's why we say, we know. Say it with me. We know. First, the second one. So the first one is, we know we are born of God. Yes, sir. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know that we are children of God, but the world, are, they're under control. Listen, Christians, please pay attention to this. Folks who are caught up in the world, they're not just doing that just to, I'm evil and I don't care. There's some people who are struggling. They are struggling. Church folks got to stop acting like people who don't come to church are just bad people. That's a lie. There's some people out there who never seen the church better than folks in here, and the church said. There's some people who are struggling. They are under control. That's why we have to come with the spirit of meekness. Ephesians 4.15, speak the truth where? In love. You find somebody in sin struggling with it, stop giving them these makeshift remedies. Well, I, I'm, I'm living, I have a, I, 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 I'm, I'm in a sexual, homosexual relationship, and, 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 but I want to come to your church. Well, you can't come here unless you get rid of them. Mm, did I step on the toe? Oh, I struggle with drugs. Well, you got to drop that drug addiction before you show up here. That's, that's not the church. That's not the church. You go talk to folks, love people where they are. Well, this young lady, she got pregnant, and, and she sent her pregnant and, and, and had an abortion. Okay, now go beat over her head. That's good. She's under, under, she's under a power that she can't control, just like you were at one time. The world is under a power, and we need to understand. We need to know. We need to realize that the power of love needs to be given, not the power of judgment. I don't need to beat people up because they sin. Because guess what? I sin too. We all have sin to come short of God's glory. Thank God he doesn't treat me like I treat others. And the church said, man, we, we have a merciful kind God. Stop trying to point out everybody's wrong and go pray with some people. People are hurt. People don't know. We sit there judge everybody when they sit here and, and, and go shoot up a place, and we judge them. What was going on in their lives before all that happened? That's why, you know, the Bible says, let your speech be seasoned with salt that it may give grace to the hair. Even Christians, man, you can save somebody's life just by a hello. How are you doing? Can I pray for you? Man, I remember you. Hey, brother, that's nice. I know you're having a hard time, but, man, keep going. That little stuff that we think is no big deal, oh, that's the salt and pepper of life. True words, preacher. And you know what? 
little things. Like I always open my wife's door. Always open her door. I'm always just walking and touching. Do you know those are things that keep our relationship together, those little things? It's those little things. Stop, men, stop opening doors for women in society. See how it changes. Now, y'all laughing. I'm serious. Those little things. Stop opening the door for a woman. Stop treating a woman with respect. See what happens. Women, stop treating yourself with respect. See what happens. Those little things. Stop saying hello in the morning. See what happens. Those little things. The world is under the control of Satan and they can't get out. That's why God said these little things that we do, let your speech be seasoned with salt, that it may give grace to the hearers. These little things help keep a, a society in control. You want to keep your relationship good? Say thank you to your wife when she does something. Stop assuming that she's supposed to do it because she's your wife. Mm-mm-mm. You see what I'm saying? These little things, these little things, the world, they are under a, they are under a gloss of blindness. 2 Corinthians 4, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of them that believe not. No. You want a better society? Be a better church. You want to put, you want to put uh, uh, the Bible back in school? Put it back in your homes. You know, Christians, and we sitting here worried about, oh, somebody did this, you know, and complaining. Uh, you've been talking about the president since he's been in office. Stop talking and running him down and pray for him. Amen. Now, we got lives to save here that God has put us in the picture of him in the world. We can't just act like government of church is going to do it. The world is under attack. We need to go get it. Matthew 16, 18, in the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. So we know we're born of God. We know the world is under Satan. And the last We know also that the Son of God has come. The Son of God has come. Keep reading. And has given us understanding. Right there. Right there. Right there. The Son of God has come. We're not still waiting on Jesus. He's come. He's done what he's going to do. We wait on him the second time, yes. But he's come already. The first time he came, he came to seek and save the lost. This time he come, he's coming to get his people and and going back to heaven. He's come. But when he came, guess what he did? He gave us understanding. Proverbs 4, the Bible says, in all of your getting, get an understanding. You you want your marriage to work? Understand your wife. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 7, I believe it's 3, 7, uh, 1 Peter 3, 7 and 8, I believe it is. It says, husbands, Live with your wife according to knowledge. In other words, stop taking that old adage, I'm a man. You better pay attention to your wife. Because she's trying to, she, I tell somebody, you get married, you get married in the summer, you, you sign up for summer school. 
in the fall, fall semester. <laughs> you, you, you learn it. And believe me, it's a blessing. And women, that doesn't leave you out. Women, love and learn your husband. It's not a one-way street. One-way street. Everybody is together. But get an understanding. Stop and pay attention. Pay attention to how she speaks. Pay attention to what he does. Pay attention. Pay attention how you talk to him. You come in the room that, uh, uh, honey, I got to do something. Well, you said you're going to do that last week. Pay attention how you talk to your spouse. Pay attention. Understand the ramifications of that. When we're in Christ, he gives us an understanding. We understand that he's here. And we understand through him we have power over life. And guess what? What is your life? You answer the question. If you have a wife and kids like I know, like I do, then you know life can be, where's Trisha? Great. <laughs> Tell your mama I said great. And I had a smile when I did it. Understanding. Understanding that God's word has power in your problems. But if you don't hold him, then Satan is going to come and hold you. Let God's word lean on you. And I'm not just talking about coming to church. That doesn't, that's not the remedy. You come to church because of the remedy. The remedy is God, his word. Lean on that. Believe what God says. Remember it says in 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 1, around by 18, I think it is, it says all the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. Everything he promised you, Wyatt, He's going to give it to you. And he's already done it. Trust him. And the last verse, remember, first one, we know that we're born of God. Second, we know the world is under trapment of, of Satan. Third, we know that God has, uh, God has come in Christ Jesus, and we have understanding through him. And the final, he just gives a last closing of the book. And he simply said this. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Stay away from anything else that you're going to put above God. That includes yourself. Well, how do you do that, Brother Nunley? Well, the Bible teaches that we are all sinners and we have come short of God's glory. That's what the scriptures say. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of God's glory. I don't care if you're in a, a suit uh, uh, looking good in front of an audience. You've, I've sinned. You who just sit in there, you sin. We all sin, and we continue to sin. But that's why we have Jesus Christ. That's why he came. So a lot of people who sin, they feel like, oh, shame. And push. Guess what? It's no sense of you being shamed in this building if you think you're sitting around people who got it because you don't. I look at the church like a spiritual hospital. We all sick and waiting on Dr. Jesus. So, Lord, let's work. Now, why do we work? Because Jesus came over 2,000 years ago. And I believe that Jesus was on that cross, and he was thinking about Larry Darnell Nunley. He was thinking about me. And he said, Daddy, I'm going to do it for him. He needs me. I see his life and all the trouble and all his fears and his heartache and his shortcoming. He's going to need me. I'll go do it for him. I take it personal. So I'm asking you to take it personal. 
to hear the message of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. Why did he die? Because we need him. Why was he buried? Because he really died. Why was he resurrected? Because nothing in creation could outdo him, not even death. So he got up early one Sunday morning, and he whispered through time and said, Larry, I got you. So if you haven't put Christ on in baptism, I'm going to show you what you need to do according to the scriptures, not according to my church, not according to my feelings, not according to what we was taught in school, but this is scripture. According to the scripture, you must hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the word. The word is simply the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, the death, burial, and resurrection. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it, the gospel, is God's power to save. Well, what does it save and why does that thing need to be saved? I am the thing that needs to be saved because I come short in sin and God cannot allow even the smallest tiny bit of sin into heaven. And if you don't go to heaven, you have one other option, hell. And I don't want to go there. I heard too many stories about it. So I want to go to heaven. And so what I do is I hear this gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe it, and because I believe it, I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn to him and say, Lord, here I am, fallen, broken, stupid, inconsistent, lying, desperate me. Here I am. I can't fix myself. Will you do it? God says, yes. Anybody who comes to him, he will not reject. So he says, confess me. Before men, not now only, but all your life. Be baptized. Repent to be baptized. Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you do that, then the Bible says you're in. But you remember this. Baptism is not your walk with Christ. It simply puts you in a walk with Christ. It's just like when you get married. The wedding is not your marriage. It puts you in a marriage. The marriage is an entity in and of itself. Baptism puts me into Christ, but my walk with Christ is an entity in and of itself. If you haven't put them on in baptism, we ask you to come forward. If you're kind of shy, we can meet you out there. But we're here. We're only uh, 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 fingers of God reaching out. The voice of God is saying, serve him through his word. If you haven't done that, we ask you to come forward. But if you've done it, but you're falling short, the Bible says come back. The prodigal son had a way back. He knew where his daddy was because his daddy was always steady. So if you've fallen short, don't stay in that cloud too long. Let God bring you back to clarity so you could say, I know. Let us stand and sing.